Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. My old friend and how many times, Walter, have we been on? We've, we've, we've talked three, quite a few yeah, times. Two or, two or yeah. three times, right. Is Walter Stearns, who is the executive director of the Mercury Theater, and he is the director of a bold show that they have going, The Color Purple. You are to be congratulated. It's a magnificent show. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of the show and really thrilled to bring it to this city. Yeah. it's Tell us how this happened, how uh, in a relatively small, intimate theater, you were able to mount a major musical. I mean, it's not the first one. No, 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 no. We're uh, we're sort of making a, a building a new theater company here from scratch here at the Mercury Theater in Chicago. We're we're the largest producer of musicals in the city of Chicago, and uh, that's right. You are. It's it's very ambitious, and it's and and uh, I'm I'm proud to say we've had a great first year season. We started with a grand night for singing, that beautiful Rodgers and Hammerstein review. We went on to do the circus musical Barnum, which is still very near and dear to my heart. It was an extraordinary, uh, intimate circus experience. And uh, now we're on to the third show of our season, The Color Purple Musical, which began its life in Atlanta and had a great, uh, a great production, a big, beautiful Broadway production uh, that Gary Griffin directed in Chicago that then went on to Broadway. And uh, and is now has now come back to Chicago in a more intimate setting. Well, tell us what got you, what made you decide to do the show. It is just it is a great title. It's a title I know that um, uh, people really identify with because it it made uh, you know of course it's a great Pulitzer Prize winning novel and an Academy Award nominated motion picture by Steven Spielberg. But that was a great production that uh, it's, it made for a great Broadway musical. And um, I'm very pleased to, uh, to get the opportunity to do this work. Was it hard getting the rights? Of course it is. It's a, you know, we're, we're on a new company and we're building a brand and building a reputation. And so, yes, it was, uh, it was kind of a, a mad scramble to get the rights to do something this, this, uh, notable on our stage and here we are and uh, so you got the rights so i got the rights so now you had to make some decisions you, that's right uh, yeah. the, the broadway production had a larger cast than you than you have it did you, and it had a much larger stage yeah. and a larger orchestra and a larger everything and uh, i think that our show benefits um, from having a more intimate experience with this material ultimately it's the story of one lady Celie, and it's her relationship with all of these other people in her life, and how how they influence her, and how and and her uh, the the growth and transformation in her life, and um, and I think that that story is told best in a very intimate theater like the Mercury. I couldn't theater. agree more. Uh, after seeing the uh, the Chicago production, which was fabulous, oh yeah, uh, everyone was anticipating what you would do at the show, and we were also guessing. For uh, casting, if you were going to use some of the people that were in the show before, uh, or if you decided to to go with a fresh new cast, tell sure. us what you did on that. So um, it, you are seeing all fresh new faces here on our stage, and um, you know the show is very identified with uh, Miss Felicia Fields, who's a Chicago-based actress who is uh, nominated for a Tony Award for playing Sophia in the production. And uh, Felicia has been sort of a godmother to our show, 
and uh, Gary Griffin, the original director, has been the godfather to our show, and we're very pleased to have had their input on the production. And the um, ultimately, the uh, uh, I felt that the show would really benefit from having uh, a younger uh, a younger character, and so. The, the composition of the cast is a little younger, a little fresher, a little more raw talents. And, um, and so I'm pleased to say that we discovered a lot of fresh faces, faces that our Chicago community has not seen yet. And uh, they are really breakout stars. I love to say we catch them on the way up. Yeah, but but they're but they're not green. These are all these are pretty much equity. They're they're players. they're equity players in this show. They're not that green, but they are fresh faces. They're faces you probably you Tom Williams and you get to the theater every day of the week. Yes, I do. They're probably faces you haven't seen before. A few, I've seen a few. Yeah, but uh, the the, <clears throat> the main stars I have not seen before. And, and then uh, and then we went to New York and uh, and plucked a spectacular actress. Um, to play the lead role of Celia, we brought in uh, Trisha Jeffrey from New York. Um, she's unbelievable. She's unbelievable, and she, you know, the show just sort of uh, it all hinges on that central role. And so we spent a lot of energy and uh, time and work finding the absolute perfect person for that role. As good as other people have been in that role, I think she put her own stamp on it. She really does. She really does. I. Uh, I've had the pleasure of seeing both um, uh, Lashans and uh, Fantasia play this role, and I think that Trisha takes sort of the best of both of these actresses and uh, combines them with what she her her uh, wide ranging talents and creates a very fresh, new, original take on this characterization. And her and her voice, incredible, wow. incredible. It just. It brings the house down, and I—I I mean, you were at our opening. We—we we practically stopped the show after a big yeah. number. We—we <laughs> often, sometimes, we'll get a standing ovation in the middle of the show from her song. It's amazing to behold, and so, how rare that is yeah. in theater. But yeah. that, that must give you goosebumps when you see that. Huh? It really does, and and it's so exciting again to be in such an intimate an experience with her uh, to be you know this close to that kind of performance i mean the the times i've seen the color purple i've been so far back in the theater and i, I it, it was really hard for me to feel a part of the story and here at the mercury everyone feels a part of the story it you know it reminds me of so much of reading the novel uh, you know, when you read a novel, how you're, you're, it, it's all imagination and you're right in there sure. with her. There's, yeah. a, there's an intimacy there. Yeah, I completely agree. So, so you're casting, you, that was a conscious decision on your part to bring fresh, young, fresh talent. Young, in, fresh talent to the show. And uh, we threw a very wide casting net. We saw a couple of hundred people in Chicago. I'm very proud to, have, to say that we found among the greatest musical theater talent this city has to offer and they're on our stage right now well the african-american talent in this town is amazing both dramatically when they do august wilson and and the musicals i know jackie taylor keeps finding them she really does she really does she's she's also been a mentor in putting the show together i'm very grateful to her and for her contribution to the show as well well 
are the Southside folks coming to see the show? They are. This is the church a show. People? This is a show for everyone. And, uh, you know, I think what I mentioned on the earlier that one of our great promotional items, we had these paper fans printed up with the color purple on it. And we're seeing them appear now in Southside churches on Sundays because the ladies bring their fans with them to church. And it's a treat to see that, that word of mouth and uh, the brand, the color purple at the Mercury Theater spreading all throughout the city. The north side, the south side, it's it's for everyone. Well, from a marketing point of view, it's it, it's rather smart to do this show because you widen your audience. I think so, too. I think this whole season has been about, uh, you know, we've had something for everyone. You know, we had uh, the Rogers and Hammerstein audience is a sort of a traditional theater-going audience. The Barnum audience is a family theater audience. And then this Color Purple show, which is really for everyone, but has a special place in the hearts of African-American community. Um, and, and so it's it's brought... Uh, but its themes are universal. It's, they yeah. are universal, but it's brought out that community as well. Yeah, well, that's terrific. So for those 10 people in the world who don't know about the Color Purple, give us a little oh, bit I'm, of the plot. I'm thrilled to. So, uh, of course, this is based on the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel by Alice Walker, um, it is the it is a story of a young woman living in rural Georgia in the 1910s, and it spans her life over three to four decades. It goes from like the 1910s to the 1940s, and um, she comes from a, a very, a very tragic, challenged life, um, a life of abuse and a life of neglect, and um, and through her relationship with other strong women in her community, she transforms into a woman who has her own voice. She finds her own voice in the world, and she finds her own inner strength. And, and she's a little, a little thing, too, a little gal. Yeah. She is. She yeah. is. I, you know, I, sometimes I say it's like a Cinderella story, but here's a Cinderella that picks herself up by her own bootstraps, you know. Here's a, here's a little girl who goes from rags to riches all through her own, um, through her own work and through her own struggle. And, um, and it, it's, you know, I say it's through her own work and her own struggle, but again, she learns all of this from these extraordinary women in her life. This woman, um, Suge Avery, who's just an extraordinary, colorful character who doesn't take nothing from nobody, and Sophia, who is a strong, uh, I call her a queen, but she is. She's a yeah. queen bee. She's a magnificent woman who who shows Celie. That was the know, Oprah Winfrey role of, in the film. It is. And it Whoopi is. Goldberg played Celie. Celie in the motion picture, of course. Yeah, yeah but these... These women, and indeed, uh, all of the different relationships in her life are what built her into the independent character that uh, who triumphs at the end of this life of adversity. If I ever saw a film that, to use Stephen Sondheim's word, would sing, yeah, this is the one. This is the one. You're absolutely right. This is a song. This is a show uh, about passionate people in very difficult situations and who triumph through their adversity. And it's those those kinds of stories that just cry out for music. You know, yeah. it's when that passion swells in a character and, and the only way they can express themselves is through song. And um, it's a great score they put together, a score that covers you know, like four decades of music. So you've got the rhythm and blues and you've got Dixieland jazz and you've got um, 
you know, sort of Broadway show-stopping numbers. Yeah, a little ragtime. Well. Yeah, yeah, it's all there. And lots of gospel. It's all yeah, there. Yeah, it yeah. is. It, and one of the things I liked is, and your show captured it real, is the, the the changing of the times from you know starting out in 1909, 1910 mm-hmm. up to the 40s. We see the fashions change. That's we right. see as the music changes. That's right. And and I, I, that had to be quite I, a challenge. It is. It is. That's what makes the show an epic. It mm-hmm. is an epic show because you are you are swept along in this story over over 30 to 40 years. Um, you are the audience is swept along in that story, and we convey that through uh, these characterizations that change and mature, and they transform, they age, and also we watch the fashion change through the show. We listen to the music change through the show. Um, it's uh, it is an epic tale. Tell us about the sets. One, <laughs> you know, one of the challenges at the Mercury Theater, for those of you who haven't been here, is is it doesn't have a lot of wing and fly space. That's right. So how do you do do set changes at, that have to be there for the story, particularly with the time changes, too? Well, this, this was built 101 years ago as a silent movie theater, and it was never intended as a live theater. So, um, it you know, some 18 years ago now, it was converted into a live theater by impresario Michael Cullen. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, so it's it's kind of fleshed out for smaller work. Mm-hmm. What we do is um, we distill the work down to its essentials. Just exactly what does it need physically? What do we need physically to tell the story? And that's how the set designer and I work together on this. The set designer, Kevin... I'm, I'm sorry, Bob Knuth. Bob Knuth, the set designer, a former artistic director of Circle Theater. And he learned in that small theater how to, how to do interesting sets. He did. He's, I, I kind of call him my origami set designer because <laughs> all of his sets unfold into beautiful, That's beautiful right, they do. pieces. Um, and so the world of the color, he, he establishes kind of a, a, an abstract world for the color purple, a world that that the audience can immediately see and they go, oh, I get it. This is where we are. This is the moment and this is the place. It certainly hints at, at some of the visuals from the film. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we've got a glorious lighting design, which, you know, it, we have to, because there's so many outdoor scenes, we've got all these beautiful Georgian nights that are and yeah. daytimes and sunrises that are all portrayed through lighting. And Francis Maggio is just a queen with a sewing machine. She did the costume design. Costume design is outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah, yeah. And I can't imagine anyone in the city who could have pulled it off the way that she did with so much flair. And to watch all of these characters go through 30, uh, th- three decades of fashion. And, you know, those of us who go to theater a lot, indirectly, one of the things we learn is about fashion, particularly women's fashion. That's I'm getting right. so I know the the hairdos and the hats and the dresses right. and the eras. That's right. We learn a lot yeah. working on these shows. Yeah. We learn a lot about history and about, a lot about people. And Well, a lot of people said on the small stage, you couldn't do the energy dancing. Uh, but oh, yeah. Come should. on now. We have yeah. Brenda Didier here doing She's doing one work. of the best. Yeah. She is the best. And there's nothing like having her on board as a collaborator's choreographer on these shows. And she is really the queen of, of, of tap dancing on a dime. I mean, she takes our small stage, you know, our stage is, what is it, about 25 feet deep. And we've got 16 actors out here singing and dancing. And it is such a graceful pageant. That she's put together. How you much of the know. choreography did she teach? Because I know you cast 
for actors and singers first. Yes, yeah. But I, I was impressed with the with the dancing. It, I thought glorious it was dancing. It, it, it was almost cast as, as dancers, but I yeah. know that wasn't true. Glorious yeah. dancing. So no, she choreographs every single dance move up here. That's all. That's all out of her imagination. She has a couple of collaborators she brought in with her, uh, Craig Miller and Andrew Waters, who are great collaborators. But all every step, every every move com comes out of their collective imagination. And yes, it is a it is a real musical with singing and dancing and acting and drama and design all coming together. So let me ask you now: when you're casting, how much do you, when you need dancers and singers, how much do you get Brenda involved in it, or or well, your we, musical arranger Eugene, who, yeah, who yeah. did a fantastic job? Well, we were out there looking yeah. for those triple threat actors, people who could really do it all. So we put them through their paces. But do you, they were here. Do you they bring were, them in on the decision making? Absolutely, absolutely. They're all here, and um, I find what's interesting is when at the end of the day, after we've thrown all these auditions. We all share completely the same opinion. We never even argue over who's going right? to play what. It's, yeah. It is so clear at the end of the day. After you've heard someone singing, you've seen their scene work, and you've seen them dancing. Everybody is in complete agreement. I have, you know, this is Eugene and I. This is like our thirty-fifth show together, and we're completely God, in it agreement. Been <laughs> it's it's been a yeah. while now. Brenda and I. This is our tenth or eleventh show together. And we're in complete agreement about these things. And uh, yeah, casting it is a is a pleasure. It's a delight, and um, and it doesn't seem like at the end of the day we're really wrestling over stuff. Well, that's that shows you guys have it. Certainly have the project in mind. Yeah, which, a, which I think is a definition of collaboration and what the right. arts are about. That's right. And uh, you know, we may not have an acting ensemble here at the Mercury, but we, behind the scenes we have an ensemble of people, the director, the music director, the choreographer, who all have their own language and their own history together. Do you think eventually you might end up with an ensemble? I don't think there's much. I mean, Chicago has been it was built on successful ensembles, the Steppenwolf mm -hmm. Ensemble and the artists who made up the Looking Glass Theater. But um, it, I find in musicals every show has different requirements and needs and not everybody is castable in every musical role that's right so in musicals it's a lot harder to it's do. a lot harder so no i don't think you're ever going to see me here with an with an acting ensemble i think you'll see me here with an ensemble behind the scenes people but you who, are loyal to people who can fit the roles yeah if you can if you're perfect for the role you're cast yeah 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 that's that's true well you've got to be absolutely proud of this show i am i am in that. now eugene was before the show, I guess opening night jitters. Every he was so nervous about about how we would take his orchestrations, his reductions. But I'll tell you, it sounded like a full orchestra. It's glorious. He's, he is amazing. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a real musical talent. And um, this this show it was a very rare opportunity for Eugene. We um, we had another musical collaborator on the show. We have a, a conductor uh, of the orchestra and sort of an associate musical director, Oliver Townsend. And so Eugene was able to music direct from the audience instead of music directing from behind a piano. Yeah, that's a new experience it's for him. It's completely new. And when he's able to just concentrate on listening instead of listening and playing and, and, and corralling the orchestra and all of these things, uh, it, complete, it, it just opened him up to a world of new musical possibilities. Well, it showed... It, it certainly did because it, it, again, those of us who know the score and, you know, I have the CD and who doesn't, uh, it, it, he did such a great job with it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it feels, it sounds very rich and very full, and um, I'm, I'm really thrilled at the acoustic environment. It feels, it sounds very natural. Do you, is your sound system new? It is. It is, okay. Yeah. There's a lot of new lighting equipment, a lot of new sound equipment up in the air that, that you enjoy the fruits of, but, you know, it never gets to take a bow. Yeah. <laughs> But you're all in on this, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I am. And this is well, my this passion. has been one of your goals, isn't it, to have your own theater? It has, ever yeah. since I was little, yeah. Yeah, this is what I've always wanted. Well, you're, you're off to a heck of a start. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you now what, you, you, what your next show is. Sure. Well, we're gearing up for our annual holiday tradition, the sailing of the Christmas schooner. Oh, yeah, I love it. It's a great show. I'm just played for... Uh, I think it's now 20 years in Chicago. It's played for three years here at the Mercury, and uh, we're thrilled to bring it back again this season. Audiences are already lining up for it because it's it's people have just made it their holiday tradition. This is what they do every holiday. I, I, what I let's get a little commercial in before I do forget for the Color Purple. What days are you running? Oh, thank you. Yeah. The Color Purple plays at the Mercury Theater, Chicago, in Wrigley Field. And we perform on Wednesdays at 7.30, Thursdays at 2 and 7.30, Fridays at 8, Saturdays at 2 and 8, and Sundays at 2. Um, tickets are available at mercurytheaterchicago.com. Also uh, at our box office, 773-325-1700. It is definitely well worth it. And what I like is for, a, for a, an equity company, a top professional production, you kept the prices way below the downtown prices. Yeah, it's it's a financial yeah, struggle, yeah. but we are building a new brand here, and um, uh, it, you know you're going to have a top-notch experience, and you're going to pay a reasonable price for it. You know, we're not we're not gouging people, and we've got beautiful restaurants, and there's lots of shopping. Yeah, the, in the this area. Southport area. This is ter a terrific area. It's yeah. a terrific people, place to come out and spend an evening. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you got Christmas schooner coming up. What I love what you did with Christmas Schooner is you moved it up to another level. Yeah. And uh, added orchestrations to it, added musicians. And, and we, we're looking forward to that. Oh, thank you. That, that and A Christmas Carol at the Goodman are the, are the two main traditions for, for Christmas time. They are. They yeah. are here in our city. And Christmas Schooner is our Chicago Christmas Carol. It's our, it's our Chicago Christmas tradition. It's about us. It's about our heritage. And uh, I'm really thrilled to have it on our stage. Yeah. So what happens after that? Um, 2014. After that, well, we are we haven't announced our full season. Okay. What we do have coming in is uh, the Hypocrites, which is a, a really fresh and original theater company in Chicago. They're going to take the Mercury stage and they're going to present a, a radical new interpretation of the great Sondheim musical, Into the Woods. So the hypocrites wow. are presenting into the woods here at the Mercury. That will be interesting. A Sean Graney. Well, it's Sean's. It's okay. Sean's old company, okay. and this one's under the direction of Jeff Button, who's a, a bright new. Yeah, I know who Jeff. Sure, Jeff's terrific. Yeah. Does terrific work, and um, that's going to come here this January, February, March, and then beyond that, we haven't announced the rest of okay. our season. There's lots of titles under consideration. We're wrestling over rights, and you know what it's like. Yeah. Uh, the famous to be announced. I, are you keeping up? I, I got to probe this a little bit. Are, are you keeping up with um, uh, the balance between what audiences want and still doing something new and fresh? Sure. Like Barnum hadn't been done in a long Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Are you looking at some of the, the the good shows that haven't been done in a while? Absolutely. We're looking at a lot of great shows. It's uh, you know we've got a we had a very balanced season this year. I mm -hmm. felt. 
And I think that I think that our audiences are coming to expect that sort of, you know, something old, something new. Mm -hmm. Well, that's and that that should that'll be the spring show or the yeah, spring summer right. show. That'll take us yeah through the end of the year. We're going to do four shows next year. We're starting with Into the Woods and we're ending with the Christmas Schooner. So there are two more titles out two there. Two more two more titles. Yeah. That uh, well, we can't wait. You know, the Mercury's turning into one of those theater companies, and there's others in town where. You just you bet on the theater company. I when I when I get my press releases because you know you can't see everything. I try to, but you just can't. So what I do, and I know a lot of reviewers do, is we bet on the company. And you you've hit that plateau where if it's the Mercury, we go. Oh, that's great. Oh, what's the name of the show? I don't know, but don't worry about it. It's going to be good. That is a great honor. Thank you very and, much. And, and it's that well, you can tell by who, who comes out on opening night. Every every everybody in town was here. For color purple yeah i think uh, chris jones said it was an a-list opening i'm yeah. very proud of that yeah, yeah it sure <laughs> was a-list opening a-list opening <coughs> and with the, with the new sound and and what you guys have done sure uh, and so, the and the facility itself has never looked better we, every time i come here you're doing something else I know, new just, doors everything we right? just rebuilt the facade of the building and we've got some more work that we're doing on the for the audience amenities and yeah well you thinking. increased the, the washrooms for both the men and the women wow. which is crucial in so many theaters it just it makes intermissions interminably long and and they are really super nice bathrooms yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know a lot of people yeah, you, whatever you say about the show your restroom experience is going to be very nice <laughs> that and lobby you're, sure. what you've done with lobby i hate when you're you know when you wear your audience out by oh, by, yeah. by hurting them like cattle before the show opens you know yeah. You, you don't do that here. No, 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 no. And, of course, your house manager, Matt, everybody knows oh, Matt. Oh, get good people. Yeah. You, a lot you, of good smiling Yeah, you sure faces. do. Well, you got to be proud of this. And uh, uh, audiences, what, what has been the reaction to Color Purple? Oh, my God. Well, we're, this is probably, tonight is probably performance number 25. Okay. And we've had 25 full standing ovations out of 25. That's not bad. remarkable. Yeah. And, um, and they... Uh, I'm just hoping they get out there and they continue to spread the word because they come out of the show just as happy as can be. Well, the reviewers are, were extremely positive were very, to the show, yeah. which, which you know, we're still tough enough in this town that if, oh, if yeah. you don't do something good, we'll, we'll take you to task. Yes. But uh, you've been on a tremendous roll. Oh, thank you. A lot, what, of, lot of work. The last <laughs> question I ask, I always ask this, and I've asked you this before. Are there a couple shows that you're dying to do that you haven't done? There are titles that I love, and I'm I'm I need to build the audience for the title. Um, you know, I love the. There's a great Galt McDermott musical based on the William Saroyan, um, the Human Comedy. It's a great show. It's a great Don't great show. It. Uh, it's, but uh, I know the, I know the play. The yeah, play is terrific. Yeah. yeah, it's a great. It made a great musical and. Um, uh, we would love to do that, and uh, you know there will be a time in our future when we get to do something like that, um, because it's just it's a it's a it's a great show that people don't know about. And those are always a tough sell. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. Yeah, but uh, that that's the one. That's one on top of our list. Yeah. How about you? Have any plans of doing any uh, non musicals? Any like sure. Shakespeare or Shaw? Yeah, I think you're going to see some comedies on our yeah, stage, comedy. okay. and, and um, we've been. I've got this mystery show that I'd love to do around. Well, people Halloween love time. mysteries. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think it'd be very exciting to have that on our stage. So yeah, there's a well, there's, a, there's a musical about 
about a mystery too, sure, a Dickens mystery, show, mystery of Edwin Drood, yeah. of course. Would you yeah. consider doing that? Absolutely, yeah. That's um, you know, Bob Knuth and Kevin Belly come to me with that title often. They love that show. Yeah. Bob and Kevin have built their career on on the mystery of Edwin. Yeah, Drood. They, they, yeah, they, they were are kind of the go to guys yeah. on that title. So they're trying to sell you that title. Well, that's a great title, and they do it. They do it better than anyone else. Well, I've got one for you. Uh, the, um, Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Oh, the yeah, musical. you've been talking to me yeah. about that. Gosh, and I love that movie so much. And I just, I've never sat and listened to the music. Oh, you got to get a hold. You can get it on uh, iTunes. Oh, I'm sure. The score. You'd love the score. Yeah. And again, it's a period piece. It's something to consider. Yeah. Uh, but and and I think as your brand gets stronger, you'll be able to sneak in at least one of those relatively unknown shows that everyone's going to say, aha, or they're going to go because they're betting on the Mercury. That's right. And then when they, they hit, please, the next time you have an unknown show. Sure. But that's tough to do at the beginning. That's isn't what it? I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Yes. But you want to sneak at least one a year. In Absolutely. It. Yes. All right. Well, keep up the good work and folks go see a play this week. Thank you. Thank you.